Let us pray, let us pray, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace. Father God, we thank you for your mercy, Father God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for this day, Father God, that you've given us, Father God. We thank you for this opportunity on this morning, Father God, to speak to your people, Father God. Dear God, I pray, Father God, as I give the word that you've given me, Father God, that they don't see me, they don't hear me, Father God, but all that they, they, all that they hear, all that they see, Father God, is you, Father God. I believe that you've already prepared their hearts and the minds of your people to receive the word on this morning, Father God. So I pray that this word be fresh manner to them, Father God, that they may not hear it, Father God, but they might apply it, Father God, to their, to their lives in every situation, Father God. Have your way, Father God, in this service. Have your way through this sermon, Father God, on this morning, Father God, that you might get all the glory. In Jesus' name I do pray, amen. Our scripture reading will be coming from our theme on today. It has been read a couple times already, but I don't think that there's an issue or a problem with reading the word of God yet again. You can get and receive something new every single time you read it, so we are going to read it again. And um, we're going to read it first through the King James Version, and then I'm going to read it again through the New Living Translation Version. Amen? And it reads, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's the King James Version. And in New Living, New Living Translation, it reads, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. And that is 2 Timothy 2 and 15. You may have your seats. The reading of the Lord's word is blessed. I would like to give honor to God who is the head of my life. I want to give honor to my great bishop, Bishop Joseph Northley. Lady Madeline in her absence, our associate, amen. Our associate pastor that just um, stepped out, Pastor Thompson. And I think everybody here today should stand on your feet and give a round of applause to our youth on this morning. They did an amazing job, didn't they? I know when I was their age, um, I was not the most talkative or more outgoing individual. And when it came time to do things like these, this would be the time that I would find myself missing. <laughs> I would like to take trips to my father's house during the weeks that we would have youth crusades or any time that I had to get up and speak in front of people um, because there was a point in time, people don't believe it now, that I did not like to speak in front of people. So I do understand um, what goes on in the minds um, and how the devil might talk to you. Um, but I am so godly proud of everybody that came in and came up and stood before and spoke and sang boldly and allowed the Lord to use you on this morning. Um, I want to give honor to my wonderful mother, Evangelist Loretta Brooks. My wonderful son, Elijah Jordan Brooks. And 
know I'm Bishop. My wife couldn't make it, but she did send her best to you on today. <laughs> I just like to do it. It's funny to me. Um, so I wanted to start this service off or this sermon off a little bit differently than we normally would do it. And I've been given the task of trying to preach a word that would tie the youth in, those that are not in their immediate youth together. And I wanted to start it off with a little bit of trivia. Is that okay on this morning? So our trivia on this morning, we're going to ask a couple, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. And the title of our trivia is, Who Knows Their Bishop? Okay? So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Feel free to yell out your answers. And I didn't forget you, virtual church family. If you have answers, please type them in the chat. So the game, like I said, is going to consist of three questions. And it's just to gauge how well you know your bishop. And I think bishop is able to handle it. You might get a couple of these wrong, but if you know your bishop pretty well, I don't think there should be an issue on this morning, okay? Does anybody know what bishop says is the unofficial, it's unofficial, but it's official here at Faith Center, 11th commandment? Thou shall not get away with it. That is right. Everybody gets a point. So for our second question. What branch of the U.S. military did Bishop serve? You see that reaction? The Army. He served in the Army. How many, raise your hand if everybody got that right. Are we two for two so far? Okay, all right. And lastly, what hobby outside of preaching that often finds its way, what hobby does Bishop have that he loves outside of pre preaching that often finds his way into his sermons? You all have won on today's trivia of who knows their Bishop. So I know you're probably asking why would I ask these questions? And the reason I asked them was because I just wanted to see how well you know your bishop, and you know your bishop pretty well. So my next question would be, how well do you know your youth pastor? You know your bishop pretty well, but how well do you know your youth pastor? And since, you know, I don't want to be here all day, I'm only going to ask one question. I'm assuming that you guys should get this right. So outside of preaching, outside of church, what is one hobby that your youth pastor loves to participate in? Anybody know? Oh, so I guess y'all do know y'all youth pastor. All right. Well, I have, with that being said, I have a short, small video clip that's going to help illustrate our title for the sermon on this morning. And of course, I'm going to ask for a little help from our media team. Are we good? All right. Please take a look to the screen. Who would I be if I snoozed? Skip the practice here and there. Order for Lee Vaughn? If 
I lost sight of my goals. That's me. If I let myself get distracted, I might have been LeBron James. Salsa King? smoother and when I planned it um but the premise of the of the commercial I thought was you know um great to utilize on this morning does anybody know the gentleman in the video on this morning well if you don't know his name is LeBron James now even though I'm not personally one of his greatest fans um the interesting thing that I loved about that commercial if you could hear it was that LeBron James didn't wake up great. He didn't go to sleep one morning and wake up as the LeBron James that you know today. There was some work that had to be pro produced daily, day in, day out. Now, God had placed everything in baby LeBron, everything that he would need in order to be the person that you know today. But God didn't do all the work for LeBron. He put the seed in LeBron. But LeBron had to stir up the gift that was inside of him. So the LeBron James that you know today would be somebody or a salsa king if he chose to hit the snooze button. If he chose to allow laziness to dictate his potential. So yes, you know LeBron James. But 10, 15 years from now, youth department, will somebody know your name? Will somebody know Noah Campbell? Will somebody know Jalen and China Lopes? Will somebody know Nazir and Nadia? Will somebody know Elijah? I'm here to say somebody will know. God has greatness for you. But you will have to do the work. So before I give my sermon title on this morning, and don't worry, I'm not going to have you turn to your neighbor. But a couple weeks ago, Pastor Thompson gave us a sermon that said, 
it was time for us to talk to ourselves. Everybody remember that? And I don't know about you, but I did have a talk with myself. And then Bishop followed that up on last week and said, we needed the courage to change ourselves. So we need to talk to ourselves. Then we need the courage to change ourselves. And then God gave me a word to declare to you on this morning what it was that we need to change. So I'm going to be speaking from the sermon topic on this morning. It's later for lazy. One more time. I need you to insert your name right there. So for me, I'm going to say Ranford. And for you, you're going to say your name. We don't need to turn to our neighbor because this is going to be a mirror talk. This will be a talk to ourselves on this morning. So I'm going to say Ranford. You're going to say your name. And then we're going to repeat the topic on this morning. It's later for lazy. Now, I know that may not be good English. But see, when I came up or when God gave me the word, it wasn't um, a question. It wasn't a statement. It was a command. And that command had some force to it. So I could have said it in perfect grammar, but that perfect grammar didn't have any force to it. He had to give it to me with a little mm to it, a little exertion to it, a command to it. So I'm going to say Ranford. You're going to say your name. So Ranford, it's later for lazy. Now, before you completely subtract yourself from needing to hear this word, um, I'm going to give you a couple examples to see if this sermon topic actually applies to you. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but have you ever decided that you were going to read the word? You open up the Bible. You, 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 you turn on your device. You go to whatever scripture or wherever God is leading you at that moment. And for somehow, some way, you get sidetracked. You get a phone call. You get a text message. The doorbell rings. You never get to the word, but your favorite TV show, whatever movie you were going to watch, you ended up doing that. You didn't get to reading your scripture, but you got to watching your show. How about you felt the urge that you needed to pray? You got up in the morning with the intention to pray, but instead of following through on the prayer, you fell back asleep. It's later for being lazy. How about those that have dreams and visions or improvements that you want to make in yourself? In order to do those things, in order to have that courage to make that change, it's going to have to be later for lazy. My youth on this morning, you have dreams of being a lawyer, dreams of being a doctor, dreams of being an athlete, dreams of being a business owner. But does TikTok, YouTube, and social media take up all of your time? It's later for being lazy. We watched a video of LeBron James, and LeBron James had a choice just like we all do. He could have been doing those things that were distracting him, but he had a goal and a focus that he wanted to get to. And he realized that there was going to be some work that had to be involved in order for him to get that. When I was reading the scripture, and I read it in the, in, the, in the King James Version, and I read it in the New Living Translation, the word that just kept leaping off the page was work. In the King James, it was workman. And then in the New Living Translation, it was be a good worker. 
Show yourself. Do good work that God might approve you. And as I was thinking about it, I said, I'm knowing that each and every one of us here, God has gifted you with something. I don't know what that gift is. I don't know what that dream that you have is. I don't know what that improvement it is that you're trying to make. But what I do know is God is not going to do everything for you. Bishop talks about it all the time. We pray. We come in here to worship. But what did he say? We leave out here to work. We keep coming in to worship. We keep coming in to give God praise, but then we go out and expect him to do all the work. If that was the case, what would he need us for? We are his hands. We are his mouth. We are his feet. But how can the work get done if we continue to allow ourselves to fall into laziness? Now, laziness, by definition, is adverse or disinclined to work causing idleness, slow moving, or sluggish. Now again, I know that there might be some here to say, I know he ain't talking to me. I know he's not calling me lazy and I'm not. I know you probably got three jobs and probably just put in an application for the fourth. So he can't be talking to me. You're right, you might be hardworking in that department. But what other area is going unnoticed? What other area are you refusing or unwilling to work on? See, when, when we speak about laziness, it's not just about being unwilling to go to work. It's unwilling to do any work on yourself that needs improvement. It speaks to that undisciplined area that you refuse to work on. No matter how many times God allows circumstances or storms to come in your life to actually work on that very thing that you prayed about, you continue to go through the same motions over and over again, unrelenting, unwilling to make that change. God, I need, Lord, change me from the inside out. If there's anything in me that's not like you, Take it out of me. That's the prayer. Now, God allows your child to go crazy, and you know that you have a bad attitude or you, 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 you use words loosely and don't necessarily care about who's in the, 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 the vicinity or the collateral damage of how you use your words, and your child goes crazy right off the prayer, and you forget the prayer that you just prayed and unleash on your child. Is that the change that we just prayed for? Maybe the change would be, let me handle my child with love instead of handling my child with rage and anger. Because we just prayed, Lord, change me on the inside. There's some things in me that I do not like. There's some things in me that I haven't been working on. There's some things in me that need to change. But when the circumstance and the situation comes that God is using to bring about that change, we're unwilling to do the work. You know what, God? I'm going to leave this in your hands. I done prayed and I done left this in your hands. And God is saying, great, thank you. But there's some things that you need to do. When Jesus, excuse me, when God had created the earth, 
And on the seventh day, he did what, youth department? What did he do on the seventh day? He did what? He rested because his work was done. And it was man's time to pick it up. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished because his work was done. But it was still our time to do some work. We can't just pray and expect God to do everything for us. We have to be an active participant in our own deliverance. My question to you on this morning is, are you willing to put in the work for the dream that you have in your heart? Are you willing to put in the work for the change that you want to see in your life? Or are you expecting? Are you believing? Are you praying? But are you working? That's my question on you this morning. Are you working? Now, in our, in, our, in, our, in our text on this morning, the Apostle Paul has written a letter to Timothy. Now, Timothy is his mentee. Timothy is Paul's protege and the pastor of the church of Ephesus. Now, Timothy, as a young minister, has faced all sorts of pressure, conflicts, and challenges from the church and his surrounding um, culture. So, the, so to console and encourage Timothy, Paul sends him this letter. Paul's instructing him and letting him know this is what you're going to see. This is what you need to deal with. These are the things that you need to concern yourself and how you need to in con conduct yourself and how you need to talk and, 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 um, and speak to the people. Now, Paul was the perfect example for Timothy. Paul is the same person that said we must endure hardness as a good soldier. Paul is the same one that says forgetting those things that are behind me and pressing towards those things that are before me. Paul knew something about hard work. Paul some knew something about the work that lie ahead of Timothy. So Paul was placed in Timothy's life to show him what was to come. Paul's job, Paul's role in Timothy's life was to let him know there are going to be some rough days ahead. But the same God that brought me through my rough days, he is going to bring you through your rough days. So on this morning, I'd like to ask you, have you identified your Paul? Do you know of a Paul, a person that God has placed in your life to show you the ropes, to teach you the way, in order to get you prepared for what God is going to do in your life, you have to have a Paul. David, as a child, was anointed to be king, but David was a shepherd. What did David know about a palace? What did David know about royalty? God understood that, and God sent a Jonathan into his life. Now, Jonathan was the prince or the son of a king. John, Jonathan knew everything about palace protocol. Jonathan knew everything about what to wear, how to speak, what fork goes on what side, what knife goes on another side. David knew none of these things. And, and, and God sent Jonathan into his life to be that Paul to him, to be that one that would show him the ropes. Have you identified 
your Paul. Even for our ladies, y'all know the story of Ruth. And Ruth was a single woman at the time and was in need of a kinsman redeemer. She was single, but she was looking for a husband. Y'all read the story? Everybody knows about Boaz, but we don't pay attention to Naomi before Boaz gets there. Naomi was the older woman that taught Ruth the ropes of what she should do, how she should conduct herself. Where do you need to be? How do you need to act? How do you need to con con conduct yourself before Boaz got, got there? Young ladies, have you found yourself a Naomi or a Paul? Now, let me speak to the older, the seasoned group in the room. If the youth are looking for a Paul, then are you looking for your Timothy? Are you looking for your Ruth? Have you seen someone that can utilize the wisdom that you have? You've been on earth for the, the amount of years that God has blessed you to be on earth with. We don't need you to go on to glory and take all that wisdom with you. We need you to impart it into these young ones so they can avoid some of the missteps and the pitfalls that you fell in. If it was bad for you to go through it, why would you want somebody else that's younger than you to go through the same exact thing? Are you imparting what you know into those that don't know? Are you keeping everything that you have, your secrets to success all for yourself? Or are you willing to share them with those that need what you have? Now for my Timothys, the youth on today, allow me to give you some keys to identify your Pauls. Your Paul is you on the next level. They are you in your future. What you shall be, they already are it. And they invest in you because they can see themselves in you. As you walk and conduct yourself, they see themselves at you, as you at that point in time. Now, for Timothy, it was Paul. For you, who is it? There has to be somebody that God has placed in your life to show you the way that you can model yourself after. For the things that you don't know, you can watch this individual. Paul, excuse me, Timothy was in a privileged position. One of the greatest men to, to, to walk the face of the earth outside of Jesus was Paul. Paul did so much writing in the New Testament, and this is who Timothy has to learn from. He is in a privileged position, no different than I call myself. I'm in a privileged position. Even as I was sitting there today, I was sitting between two great men, not two good men, but two great men that I can watch and model and, and fashion myself after because they've set such a great godly example. But they've done their work. It's my time to do mine. Bishop, and I believe it's been 46 years of marriage. 
46, mar- 46 years of marriage. Now, I joked in the earlier part of my sermon of my wife wouldn't be here. Everybody knows that that was a joke. I have zero years. He has 46 years. I might be believing for something, but the very thing I might believe, be believing for, he's worked 46 years for to maintain. So as we see Bishop and Lady Madeline on Sundays and on Wednesdays when they teach um, on, on the Bible study together, and you see how much they enjoy each other and they laugh and they joke, there was some work involved. I'm pretty sure there were some rough days. I'm pretty sure there was some hills to climb. I'm pretty sure that there were some days that they might have had the urge to quit. But the reason their marriage is what it is today is because of God first. Because of God first. But also, they had some work to do. God blessed the marriage when they stood in front of the altar. God put his hand and ordained the marriage before the beginning of time. But he did not do all the work for them. There were some things that they had to work out between each other in order for them to get to where they are today. So we see 46 years, but we don't see the behind the scenes of the work that they did. So we congratulate and we model and we admire the 46 years. But what we don't see is the work behind the scenes in order to get to the 46 years. That is the issue that we have on this morning. Not just the youth, but all of us together is we want the finished product. We want the 46 years. We want God's blessings. We want God's favor. We want God's miracles. But when he's saying, yes, I will release. But I'm not releasing anything until you do some work. He's not, we're not waiting for him. He's waiting for us. You've prayed. You've fasted. You've read your word, but you sit down and cross your arms and act as he's going to do everything for you. You need to do some work. There's some things inside of you that the future version of yourself has to be cut off before you can get to that promised land that God has for you. And I'm not going to say that the vision that God gave you the, the dream that God has placed in your heart, the prophecy that's spoken over your life, it's going to come to pass. But you have a job to do in that as well. God had promised the Israelites the promised land, but he didn't just send them over there on the first day. They wandered for 40 years. Why? Because there was a work in them that had to get out of them before the best version of themselves could enter into the blessing that God had. Now, he promised it 40 years earlier, but they didn't get it to 40 years after because there was a work they had to do. Unfortunately for them, the older generation didn't get in. They weren't willing to do the work. They wanted to be lazy and rely on everything they had in the past. They wanted to go back. They had the mentality of Egypt. 
and it took 40 years in order for the mentality of Egypt to get them prepared for the promise. So yes, God has some things for you, but is your mind right? Is your attitude right? Is your work ethic where it needs to be? Or are we distracted? Are we still carrying those things from our childhood into our adulthood and not budging on what it is we need to do in order to move forward? It's later for being lazy. It's later for being lazy. There was a, a, a scripture or a part in the Bible where Jesus comes in and it's the man that's at the pool at Bethesda. And the man had been sitting there for 38 years. And the Bible says it was during this season that the water would be troubled and an angel would come down and they would receive their miracle. They said every single time at this season, an angel would come down. So everybody at the porches knew the season. They knew the time that the angel was coming. And for 38 years, this man would sit there. So Jesus asked him, wilt thou be made whole? In modern day English, how bad do you really want it? You say you want to be healed, but how bad do you really want it? I'm going to put a picture on the screen, and I'm going to ask for the media department to help me with it, to explain how bad do you really want it. For the man at the pool of Bethesda, he sat there and said, I have no one there to get me to the pool. And Jesus asked him a question that it seemed like there would be an obvious answer. I've been Infirmed, I've been sick for 38 years. Of course, I would want a healing. But there was something inside of that man that made an excuse when the miracle showed up. He wasn't willing to do the work to get himself to the pool. Can you see the picture on the screen? There are two gentlemen on the screen. Now, both of them, in my ecclesiastical imagination, received the word from God to dig. If you dig, I will bless you. Now, if you look at the guy at the bottom, they both received the same word to dig. But the one on the bottom got weary in well-doing. While he was digging, he heard voices that said, you know what? I've been digging for month after month. I've been believing what God said he was going to do year after year. And you know what? It just doesn't look like it's going to happen. He allowed the enemy to get in his ear and say, you know what? God's not going to do it. I know that you've been digging. I know that you've been praying. I know that you've been fasting. But it's not going to happen. And he allowed that voice to stop him. He allowed that voice to allow him to put his pitchfork down and refuse to do the work. Now, the man on the top received the same word from God. But he believed 
in that same scripture that I'm not going to grow weary in well-doing. Because if I faint not, if I faint not, there is a reward attached to my obedience. Now, see, we have the privilege of looking at the picture and seeing what's behind the dirt. See, we can see the treasure. We can see the blessing. We can see the miracle today in 2021. But when God gave him that word, all he could see was work. So yes, you're going to be great. And this is in your future. But until you get to that, you have to work. Day in, day out, you're going to have to work. You're believing for a miracle. You're believing for a breakthrough. But day in, day out, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to pray. That child's not going to change until you pray. That situation's not going to change until you pray. Those grades are not going to change until you pray and put the work in. There's work that has to be done. I believe God gave me this word because there's some here, somebody here, and it might just be one, that's getting ready to turn back around. It's not working. God, I've been praying to you. I've been believing to you. I heard you tell me to dig, but all I see is dirt. My life is dirty. My finances are dirty. My children are dirty. My attitude is dirty. My life is dirty. And all I see is dirt. You told me to dig, but all I see is dirt. It's not working. It's not working. Somebody here is at the verge of giving up. Somebody here is at the verge of throwing in the towel. But I came here with a message from God that said if you keep putting in the work, you keep believing, you keep fasting, you keep praying, and this is your reward. See, the man, either both men had no idea. It said that God was going to bless them. But as you can see from the picture, the man that kept going, he didn't just get what was his. He got what the man that quit as well, too. Abundance is in your future. Breakthrough is in your future. Miracles is in your future. If you refuse to quit, if you, if you refuse to let the devil distract you from the greatness that God has placed inside of you, I don't know what you're going to be, but I do know that greatness is in the side of you. But if you put forth the work, if you study to show yourself approve a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, God will blow on whatever you are working on. God will put his hand on whatever it is that you're believing for. But there is some work that you have to do. As a teenager, I used to sit back in that corner over where Kyle is right now. And we didn't have cell phones, 
so I couldn't be scrolling during the sermon. But I was asleep. I'm going to be honest with you. I was asleep. And my mother tells this story all the time. She says the only thing that I would remember, so I thought, from Bishop's sermons was Bishop's jokes. What was the sermon about today? Mm -hmm. What scripture did he preach from? I don't know. What joke did he have? He told a joke about when this happened and that happened and that happened. I would remember the joke. So I thought. I thought nothing, well, maybe my mother thought nothing was going in during that time. And that all her prayers were wasted. But she kept on digging. She kept on digging. What she didn't know was there was times that I was listening. And there was something that Bishop said back then that he, re he recited a quote. And the quote was, and ex please uh, excuse me if I messed this up. I was listening. It says something along the lines, if you want something you've never had, you've got to be willing to do something you've never done. Something along those lines. If you want something you've never had, you have to be willing to do something you've never done. There are a lot of things that we all want on today. But are you willing to do something that you've never done? Have you been lazy with your lips? Have you been lazy with your time? Have you been lazy with your heart? Have you been lazy with your dream? Does your phone get more attention than God does? Does social media get more attention than God does? Where is your laziness? On this morning, as I give you this message that God gave me, I truly believe, and obviously it's, it's Youth Sunday, so it is directed to the youth, but I don't believe this is something that only the youth can take part in. But I do want to speak to y'all on this morning. I believe in every last one of you. As you guys were singing up there, I started to weep because I could see your future. I could see the greatness that God was going to release on your life. You have no idea what God has in store for you. But you can't get it without working for it. There's a certain level of appreciation you have for something that you worked for. If you put your time in, the old church folks would say, payday is coming after a while. Put your time in. Payday is coming after a while. They understand the song. Y'all may not understand the song. But for Noah, you have a job. You put your time in every day. And every two weeks, you receive a paycheck for the time that you put in. Correct? Titus, you have a job, right? 
you put your time in. And for all the work that you put in based on your time, in two weeks, you receive a paycheck for your time, right? God has a plan for your life, Titus. And if you put your time in, if you take this thing seriously that we're talking about this morning and dare to be different, don't blend in with them on tomorrow. Be a leader. It will be difficult. You will have times that you want to fit in and be with the crowd. But that's when you've got to fight to be different. You are the light of the world. So if you are the light, you are what others should look to. You are the example. So let me give you the flip side of that. If God's called you to be a follower, what has the devil called you to be? I want some response. If God's called you to be a leader, what has the devil called you to be? A follower. So every opportunity, you're following the crowd. Every opportunity, you're doing what everybody else is doing. You're working for the enemy. Because God's called you to lead. Do not take a step to the back and become a follower. There's greatness in every last one of you. And I believe if you put in that work and you trust God and take him at his word, you will see great things in your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. In my closing, and I am, I'm done, but I truly believe that God is going to unleash his blessings to his children, but he's not going to do it unless we actually get involved in the very things that we're believing him for. Psalms 1 and 3 talks about the man that was by the water. And it says that, that um, his leaf would not wither. And everything that he doeth, God would prosper. He had to do something, and God would prosper that. God cannot bless what you refuse to do. So in my closing, it's later for being lazy and less time to put in the work. As you enter in school on tomorrow, let's lead from the front and not from the back. So others might see the light in you and understand that is who I need to be like. Instead of you saying, I want to be like them. God bless you. God bless you.